record. Recording. I'm also recording. We have a double backup system. Why do we have a double backup system? Uh, well, let me tell you, Peter, it's because Zoom exploded or something uh, the oh, other night when we were trying to record this already. I'll take full responsibility. I'm right on the verge of a sneeze. It's like, <laughs> it's like almost there. So okay. we'll we taught, we had a real good discussion it was about, real good. about the newest discovery um, episode and it disappeared. So this is not that episode. This is, <laughs> this is just a tribute. This is the greatest and best song. This the is world. the greatest and best podcast episode in the world. Tribute. Tribute. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Accurate. So it will probably sound nothing like the episode that we did also. Probably won't. Also to another nod to the Tenacious ago, D. Me and, me, me and my pal Rachel Commander in Command. Hitchhiking down a long and lonesome road. This <laughs> is so good. A long and we had we we had to, this devil appeared before us and said, "Record the best Star Trek podcast <laughs> in the world, or I'll eat your souls." And this is uh, what we came up with. Mm-hmm. What we're doing right now. So, Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. S- season three, episode seven. We are moving right through the season. Whoa, but the title is Unification 3. Oh, God, it made me so happy. Because it took me a minute. I'd forgotten. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 30 years. I mean, I guess it's not like that big of a deal anymore because we have these franchises that are just going on and on forever. (laughs) Um, But... 30 years in the making <laughs> like 30 years later we get um unification three because the first two parts of unification were in were in um the next generation and you could make an argument that like thematically the undiscovered country was sort of in it came out at the same time leonard nimoy directed it in unification one and two he makes a reference to undiscovered country and the Klingons and like Mm -hmm. patching ties and stuff so um you could you could almost say like you know it they're they're all of one piece kind of right yeah I would agree with that and the things we want to talk about um spoilers spoilers uh Tilly gets promoted um burnham we meet burnham's mom uh again and she's uh one of the romulan um candor sect or whatever uh and quat something something yeah um and we see uh like a little hollow recording of spock and it makes us real happy yeah. So there's probably more, but let's let's step through it and we can remind ourselves here. Um, if my computer wants to cooperate. <laughs> um this time the the thing that I have added for this recording sure. is um I have a list of the demands. Uh demands um, yes, and uh, Easter egg and references to other stuff. Oh, cool. And there's some good things that we didn't catch. Okay. So... So, like, uh, you've got the episode playing right now, and they talk about the black box. The third black box that um, book references mm-hmm. is from, is named um, USS Yelchin, which is a oh. tribute to Anton Yelchin, who played Chekhov in the Star Trek reboot films. It's a what? A re- uh, reference to it's a, it's a tribute. It's a tribute, it's a tribute to uh, Anton Yelchin, who played Chekhov, and then um, sadly died before Star Trek Beyond was released. Yeah. 
Yeah, he died. Do you remember how he died? Yeah. He got crushed behind a oh. car, like against his security gate or something. Yeah. Ooh. Like his, it turned out his car had been recalled or something for an issue with the brakes. Oh my God. If I, I didn't know correctly. That oh my God. Well, anyway. <clears throat> Not good. They named a ship after him. Yeah. Which is nice. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. He was good. He was good in, in all the stuff. Uh, so yeah, we have a little recap going. Burnham episode starts, make out. <laughs> it's a good way to good start to an episode. Have they shown have they shown a makeout scene like that in Star Trek before? I mean there's been smooching. Yeah. There's been a lot of smooching. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I was thinking maybe that's a feature of them having a younger cast is that is that they're more apt to do some like I do you remember this in 80s movies? There was just a whole lot more sex in 80s movies, like uncomfortable, like maybe because porn wasn't as readily available to everybody. And so they had to just like come right up to the cliff and be like, sure. here you go. Um and then you're sitting next to your dad watching, you know, <laughs> indecent proposal or whatever. And you're like, sure. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anytime, anytime there's kissing in movies, like as soon as there was kissing, my dad would be like, oh, I need to go do the dishes. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good dad, dad thing to say. <laughs> like, go off and you do the dishes. Um, <laughs> This part is really good. We're, we're at the part where Tilly and Burnham are talking to each other. And Tilly says to Burnham, you put me in a really shitty position. And that rang really true to me. It felt like the emotions were on point. It seems mm -hmm. like a real conversation friends would have who are also work buddies. Well, especially work buddies that really respect each other. Mm -hmm. Because Tilly is essentially telling Burnham, like, I'm not this baby that you have to protect. Like I'm an adult person and you know, you have to let me make those decisions. Mm -hmm. um, no, and they, they reconcile and sort of come together and then find out some really cool stuff about triangulating the location of the burn in at mm -hmm. least two dimensions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. What I, I, and I, in these technical things, I kind of just, zone out it's mm -hmm. like yeah they made up a thing right. um what, what? Happened? what happened there okay all right so they find out and then when so do they, they fi find go ahead um so it's right after this they're talking about uh the sb19 experiment mm -hmm. and they find out that um the vulcans have all this extra data and they bring it to the commander. And this is when I start to like him a little bit more because he's like, ah, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. There's more stuff. We got we to gotta figure this out. Um, he tells them about Navarre. Navarre. Interesting thing about Navarre. Um, it comes from OG Star Trek fan culture in the 1968 fanzine called Spacanalia. Fan writer Dorothy Jones came up with the word Navarre, which she claimed was a Vulcan word that referenced that referred to two forms. Oh, that's cool. That's super and cool. In the 2002 Enterprise episode, Shadows of a Gem, um, the Enterprise encountered a Vulcan ship named Navarre. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, and like, again, I can't remember what we've said already and what we said on a previous episode, <laughs> but like, thank God they're in the future. Like, like just put I, in, in some ways, I wish they would have just started the entire series in the future. And just had like flashbacks to what brought them there. I mean, I just, like wish, just... I just wish that they were in the future from the beginning of the series. I like no past time travel needed. Like it's just, it makes things so much easier 
to build a story when you're going forward and not like wedging yourself into this like wiggle room right and making sure that everything you do doesn't change the canon that's already established yes whereas here they can pull from like older canon to fill in plot points of their own like we find out that spock um you know who worked to unify the romulans and the vulcans and unifications part one and two and tng did it like it Mm -hmm. took a while but it happened and now they've unified yeah yeah and um yeah this moment that's the moment that you're talking about we're watching the moment where her face is just like oh my my brother did the thing she's so proud of him yeah she's really that actress is really good at at that at these like big big emotion moments you know yeah she's really good really good at that bing bong the um the intro intro the credits yeah and let's get to the part where she um sees spock's hologram or the little recording thing yeah we get the flashbacks from the dude and her and and spock yeah um the, and here love, it is oh uh, man when they say jean-luc picard it's from his files they're playing the the like hologram clip from next generation oh uh, man that scene got me so hard i wasn't i didn't i didn't know it was coming i didn't know that they were going to do that yeah mm-hmm. leonard but like nimoy. Seeing, seeing leonard nimoy and referencing the files of Jean-Luc Picard. I, oh, man. Yeah, and it's now a thing that they can do now that they're in the future. And, and it it's fits. like, it, it fits. And it, it like, it will make us like the show better. <laughs> like, it's just such an easy, anytime they want to, they want to get our support for a thing, really. Mm-hmm. Pull out a, pull out a memory clip from Jean-Luc Picard or like, you know, data a bit of data's positronic brain survived or something like. Right. I it's it just makes so much sense to 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 have it in the future. So storytelling wise, they could just be like, uh, we're sort of out on a limb here. Uh, here's grab that episode, put it in the thing, mash well, it, it up. It was like any time in TNG when they pulled someone from the original series. Yeah. Like the episode where Scotty had been stuck in that Dyson sphere. Yeah. And they find him and they bring him on the ship and you're like, heck yeah, so Scotty. Good. It's so good. Yeah. You or can't like, do it every episode, but no. like every fifth episode, I don't even think that would overdo it. Or like referencing like not even Kirk, da 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 da, you know? Yeah. Just yeah. like that shit. Referencing older stuff or yeah. um or like uh the DS9 episode that I'd mentioned. Um, uh, the last time we recorded this was where um, Benjamin Sisko and uh, Dax go back in time. A, a few other crew members of uh, Deep Space Nine go back in time to help fix something. And um, the show creators edited them into the episode, oh, The Trouble with Tribbles. That's, I, that's right. I got it. And then I stopped. And then yesterday and or whenever it was i stopped like, you because i need to watch that that sounds it's, so good it's such a good episode yeah like there's just just this one spoiler is there's uh wharf is there and they see the thing is the rest of the crew from ds9 see all these klingons with flat foreheads and they're like wharf oh. what is up and Worf's like we don't like to talk about it and he leaves it at that uh, and that's it that's great talk about it and it's those kinds of like in jokes and references that um that you can do yeah when you're in the future from yeah the things you're referencing when you're telling an extension of a story instead as of opposed like to like filling in plot shoving holes in to this little narrow space yeah right yeah oh, and she, and burnham's so brother. happy seeing her old brother her old young brother her old baby brother um her, her elderly baby brother yeah, the part that I 
the part that's fine, but that I like, I liked it, but it it sort of doesn't leave us much to talk about. I think is, um, is when they're actually doing the trial. Um, this part is cool where Saru's talking to Tilly about being um, number one, and she's like, "I'm, I, I doubt myself," you know. And, and this is very again, like you say, it's very workplace drama. Yeah, what's happening here is like I think you're ready to get this promotion and mm-hmm. you're going to lead well. And here's why you've like risen to the occasion, you mm-hmm. know, like she's, she adapted so quickly to all the new technology on board. Mm-hmm. And um, she's freaked out, but she's like still on top of everything. Yeah. I think, I think the case I made last time was also that she is the most, she's the most enthusiastic about what it means to be like discovery and yeah. Yeah. And like what it means to be like that. She, she is like, this sounds bad, but you need it. Like not meaning in a bad way, but like the spirit award goes to Tilly, right? Like for sure. She's a true believer. Yeah. She's the heart of the crew. She wants, she's like everybody's, everybody's champion on that on that ship you know yeah like i would want tilly to make choices for me because she's yeah. going to cons- she's so smart she's so smart and she's like so good at deciding what is best for the most people mm-hmm. i think she realizes too uh, like this is a way uh, i think in order to be a, a good boss you you recognize um, when other people are smarter than you in different areas and you're just like mm-hmm. uh like Stamets you're way smarter than me or Janet Reno or whatever um yeah and we didn't talk about this last episode but uh Adira fixed the goo um fingers for him <laughs> Stamets is so happy that he doesn't have to have like shunts jabbed into his arms anymore to fly the ship why um, wasn't Adira there to supervise did they give her the week know. off or something? Maybe, or them? I'm sorry. She's... Did they did they give them the week off? Maybe she's back at uh, the Federation getting her her trill looked at. Their trill looked at. <laughs> I don't know. Like, trill, trill necologist. Um, um, that's terrible. Sorry, I said that. Um, this actor this actress is real good. The the president. We talked about how president yeah. is a weird title for a planet. Especially yeah, in the future. president feels like so well and we see that like the president of earth um and i know that like president is a specific position like it's a specific kind of elected official that is different from prime minister but it just feels weird that vulcan and romulus would be able to like get together and that I, they'd want to have a single leader yeah that's that, like that, a board or a that's that's the thing that i i think if as we evolve as like you know species in this universe i bet we're gonna find out the best you don't if anything we've learned from 2020 is that you do not want to have too much power rest in the hands of one person right it's like you have to disperse that power as much as possible and it seems like as we evolve and become like more collectivist I don't know. It just seems like we would want to. We would want to have the council, you know. And right. then it also seems more science, science fighty, like, like, oh, who speaks for you? We speak. We speak with one voice. We are the council of the Navarre. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And she's like, we got, we got this data. We ain't giving you that data. And um, one thing Federation. we ha- yeah we haven't talked about uh, Vulcan is no longer part of the Federation yeah mm-hmm. um, because they think that the Federation forced them to cause the burn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's just like a shit ton of baggage right um, so much gonna... emotional baggage just whoa why did it skip that far forward. Not what I wanted to do. Oh man! And then they say we've—you'll have you your have trial. You invoked the—you invoked the the magic words to to give yourself a trial. A scientific and then, trial. Yeah, and then bam! Your advocate is your mom. It's part of the co-op 
Milan, uh, mm-hmm. the nuns who practice absolute candor. And also, I, oh yeah, go ahead. Um, I was just I like that um, they brought that forward. That was really cool because that was in an episode of Picard. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice connection. Um, and it, uh, I thought it was a really great way to um, introduce the mom back in. That it mm-hmm. wasn't like another like fraught search. Oh, we found this beacon, and she's been like alone on this planet forever. She's just she's in this place. But there was no way for her to know that Michael had gotten back because Discovery was kind of being kept quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and she's great. Son- Sonia, no, what's her name? Did this last time. What's her name? Uh, she played uh, Kima Greggs on The Wire. Sonia Son. Sonia Son. Okay, I was right. And I and it took me until this episode to realize that that was um, Sonia Son. She's and such a great choice for for Michael's mom. If you want some uh, non-required watching slash uh, research, uh, Commander Rachel, um, just watch one episode just watch episode one of the wire there's enough kima in there where you where you'll be like she's amazing okay i will yeah. watch it just just one yeah you know and i bet if you watch one episode you'll be like i have to watch all of the episodes of this this is so good what a great show she she's great and then yeah in the in the ready room for this sonequa martin green was saying like she feels like the two of them look alike and like are similar they're like the exact same height they have like similar expressions um yeah I know they carry being... themselves the same way and like react like mm-hmm. their head movements when they're like what yeah they both do the same like pull their head to the side when yeah yeah and like the head tilts they're like lifting their chin mm-hmm. when they're talking to each other yeah, and I think the critique I had about just their whole relationship in general is I'm I don't know that it would be that easy to all of a sudden like she abandoned she abandoned uh Michael twice. Yeah, she abandoned her twice. She's like uh, pops back in as this wrong I I feel like it I feel like Michael's emotions would be way more complicated but maybe she's more a more involved or more evolved person than i than i am because i feel like i would just be like this is great oh look at you turning your back on me again like later (laughs) on in the trial like i would be like what the hell like of course you're doing this weird mindfuckery stuff sure though i i do think season two um of discovery dealt a lot with her figuring out her mom stuff Mm -hmm. and so by the time her mom left and like they jumped to the future she'd realize like this is just kind of how it is that she had this okay childhood with like it was rough being raised on Vulcan but you know she has this deep connection with Sarek Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah right yeah but yeah, I, I, it would have been nice for them to like reference. You're walking in there with a lot of blind spots. Reference that some. I like. Just speaking from my own experience with like parents who weren't really parents and then tried to be parents later on, I, I don't know if this is common for other people, but I wanted them to just be like. Uh. Just, I'm gonna call you by your first name. Mm-hmm. We're equals don't try to give me advice right and i i feel like maybe a little bit more of that just would have made this ring ring more true you know sure. i keep thinking about the the like sean connery and harrison ford dynamic in the last crusade mm-hmm. you know <laughs> sure he called he he every once in a while he'll call him dad and he'll be like super frustrated with him and they like get along and love each other and stuff but they're so annoyed with each other yeah like on both counts you know right um i just feel like i feel like maybe some of that would have would have been okay um 
and Saru and this lady with Vulcan, Prisoner. but Romulan Prisoner. haircut, but like. She's a Vulcan, but she's kind of got the shoulder she's pads got, like, of a Romulan. Yeah. She's got a long, like, Vulcan robe on. She's and, like, all oh, of man. It. I love that for as controlled and logical as the Vulcans are, they are so, like, they love their dramatic rituals. Yep. They love <laughs> their drama. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of, like, um,. I don't know, like maybe Zen Buddhism a little bit, where you know you're supposed to, like, uh, I feel like they have a lot of. I feel like there's a lot of like specific rituals in, in stuff where you're supposed to, kind of like cleanse your mind and be devoid of of emotions and stuff. Sure. Um, um, I do, I do really enjoy this trial. Um, that's uh, that's happening, because. Um, uh, Michael comes in like all set this is like super set to blow them away with her logic and her science and her mom's like you got some blind spots you have some big blind spots you have to be super honest about what you're feeling and about mm -hmm. where what your motivation is and so she thinks she is and that's like she thinks she's being honest about it um and then her mom does like the fake out. Yeah. Which it's Which it's I, good it's good for drama, but I mean like I don't well, know. I also think that it had to happen publicly because if she had like figured it out behind the scenes and then had come forward and said, Hey, I thought about it, I need to be up, you know, open, um, they wouldn't have seen her ability to process and to do the work. Whereas um well, plus her mom had kept saying, like, you have to be open. And Michael just kept not sharing everything. Yeah. Um, You're into this, like, um, therapy as metaphor thing. With yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. Do the I, work. I do, do, the do the work, work. Michael. Um, I be do open. kind of wish the show Process. would stop having therapy that was so traumatic. Because, <laughs> like, everybody just gets um has to keep processing everything like real publicly like uh the episode where they're all having dinner and Detmer just yeah, sort of Detmer. like goes off the deep end with the haikus about Stamets blood yeah mm -hmm. like a lot of people are processing just very very publicly they need a holodeck to process things they need on. a holodeck mm -hmm. they need some poker time they need some uh they need some uh, uh, bat Paris Parisi squares. Parisi squares, some batlith practice. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Speaking of batlith practice, I watched a little bit of the Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. fight on YouTube because oh, yeah. they just fought last night. Sure. Um, and Mike Tyson, they're both in their 50s. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I think we need to embrace the non-professional but like spectacle uh, spectacle that reaches the same level because mm -hmm. the difference between that fight and like a no i am the best heavyweight champion in the world it doesn't matter the sure. drama is not in how in the best versus the best it the drama lies in the relative goodness of, of like how good they are evenly matched sure and it's it's also about the ego of it like yeah. the egos of these two people and um it's it's part of why um i don't know where i was going with that well i, I just think <laughs> that like if they would if they would take that same they sort of already do with like reality tv but if they just mm -hmm. if they just said like here's the 40 I, I hate football and i for the most part hate boxing i don't want to see people get their get get head trauma mm -hmm. i don't want to see either of those things happen but if they just said like hey we started the 40 and over football league and it will have the exact same uh production value as the regular nfl and mm -hmm. everybody on the team is over 40 and nobody is a professional athlete but they are all representative of like 
professional sports and just watch like i bet it would be the exact same oh, kind man. of drama yeah well, it's, it, they it's would a, fumble and it'd be messy and all over the place it would be um it's the same sort of thing that people watch professional wrestling for yeah yeah like re- professional wrestling has a, a larger fictional component that's part of it yeah um but uh yeah it's the drama and the spectacle i've only seen professional wrestling once well, it's, it was like amateur indie wrestling. Oh, uh, yeah, that's stuff. Yeah, yeah, that stuff is uh, it, that makes me a little nervous just because like they're trying to do these stunts that like you have to be professional so that you don't break your neck. Yeah, like you're doing these like suplexes and stuff that is planned out ahead. Of- but but anyways, yeah, they anyways. need they, they need some processing time. Um, yeah. may I may I divulge some uh subtext that's happening for me right in the moment? Yeah. I realize that I have to go get curbside pickup and I should leave in about 30 minutes. Okay. So that's some of the subtext can, of what's happening to me. We right can now. make we can make that happen. Okay. Um so the part that's playing on the screen right now. Uh, is where Stamets and Tilly were just talking. And um, I love that moment. It's yeah. so good. It's so good because she's going to like her friend and is like, I don't know what to do. This is really weird. And he's like, Yeah, it's super weird. And because you expect, you kind of expect him to be like, No, you're going to be great. Mm-hmm. Of course you're later. And he's like, Oh, taking yeah. orders from you? That's super weird. And then, um, oh, like knocks on the door. He's like, Deborah wants to know when we can go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like a start. It's like a TNG moment of two people talking to each other about about a thing, but then mm-hmm. they they put the discovery spin on it, which is like they're not they're not using like a, a Shakespearean dialogue to each other to talk about it. They're saying like this is this is weird. Yeah, it's super weird. They don't get to finish the conversation, Mm-mm. which I think is work also stuff comes up. Yeah. Cause, yeah, and I think discoveries like that. They, it's like, yes, we'll touch on these things. We're not gonna let them like have the, blah blah blah, this long drawn out monologue. Right. Nope, it's gonna be interrupted. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. And then they're back here. And she's like, "Oh, you better process." And uh, she's like, and "Yeah." Michael's getting like super emotional about it. And again, is sort of in this place where she's like, why doesn't anybody believe me? I'm super believable. Yeah, I totally like snuck off and did some shit. Um, But no, no, no. But I'm super believable. Yeah. You have to trust me. I'm Michael. (laughs) I'm Michael. Believe me. What did she do that (laughs) killed a whole bunch of people in the like first season? Oh, she, um, well, it wasn't really her fault. She went to go deal with the Klingons. Um, and wound up like, like a, nobody was listening to her. Um, yeah, and she was treated as a mutineer, yeah. even though she like she went with Giorgio and Giorgio died. Like, oh, that's prime right. Universe, yeah. Giorgio died, and a bunch of people died in that battle because they said that she started the war with the Klingons, even though the Klingons were actually already preparing for war. She just happened to be there at the beginning of it, and so she got blamed for all of it yeah it's all sort of fuzzy in my mind i'm like yeah i remember that stuff happened but they never really reference it again um right until now until the trial when they're like hey you remember when you got your captain killed that was cool yeah working in in the federation you know federation's interest then then right what were you doing michael um yeah and side note why did they let Michael's mom be a part of a Romulan sect? Because she's human. I think she she landed there, or she landed near there. Okay, and they and you don't have to be Romulan in order to be this logic nun. Um, apparently not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, in Picard, it's all women except they let that one dude stay. <laughs> they have lots um, of exceptions. They do. You got to be Romulans, but you landed here. You got to be well, women, I mean, eh, but you're you're being raised by them. Um, 
I mean, to be fair, the, you know, the planet is now made of Vulcans and Romulans together. Um, so you're saying what's one, what's one human amongst what's us? What's one human Vulcans? in the mix? Because, like, clearly she's dedicated to it. Yeah. Because um, I think that's probably the most important um, factor is, is Candor, is the ability to dedicate her life to Candor. And I don't know that we know how long she's been there. Mm-hmm. Do we? Because it's it's a it seems like it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, long enough to establish herself and commit herself to this, uh, you know, and consider it her sacred duty to continue functioning as a um, Kwatmalat. Kwatmalat, that's the name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like I like her head thing too. Yeah, it's it, it it's very reminiscent of David Lynch Dune, um, mm. like she looks like a Bene Gesserit or whatever whatever yeah. they're called. Yeah, and so then they have the with swords. Yeah, the the three factions are cool. It's very it feels very of today of like yeah, and I'm this congressman. I got to represent my my district. I'm trying to be this Democrat for national things. Um, and thankfully, we're spared of like authoritarian conservatism. Right. And I, I like that um, you talked about like, where's the old people? We got one. We got a Romulan who's like clearly middle aged. Uh, he's like more balding Romulans. We need more, more older folks. She's older too, the president. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But they, but they're being like, they're sort of being explained to, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess, I guess, like, if I wanted to take a one lens, is like, oh, sure, the the um, what is it? It's not, it's not called imperialism. What is it when it's like the the uh the British are spreading their colonialism colonialism it's a little colonialistic to be like let us shed light on how you should do these things oh thank you for enlightening us federation you know right and the main Vulcan guy is a little bit like that like uh so if you want us to trust you why aren't you trusting us Mm -hmm. when we tell you that you won't get anything from this data like we have analyzed this data yeah yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, so that, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something I just realized too is in this moment when her mom is like pushing her publicly, her mom is also establishing herself as a credible source. Oh, um, yeah. It's like, look, at, here's what I noticed. I've seen what you're picking up on. This is what it is. This is why you're not able to trust Michael. I see it and I am declaring it and I am speaking the truth about it. And so she establishes both herself as a, um, a, a trustable source. And so when eventually Michael figures it out, um, she's able to uh, speak in support of Michael mm-hmm. and have you that taken as fact. Mm-hmm. You said it's like, a, it's like a DM trying to lead you. Yeah. Yeah. This very much felt like, um, like Michael is the playing character. And the mom is um, the DM. Like, like Michael keeps rolling these persuasion rolls, and they keep failing. And then the DM is like, really wants you to get it, and so is like dropping all of these clues. And then you're like, oh shit, I figured it out. And there's yeah. this moment where you're like, oh, oh, I got it. Yeah. And like everything has kind of fallen into place, and you solve the puzzle. Yeah. I still think she could have just said it to, I know you said it needs to be like an authentic working out of a thing. I feel like she could have still explained it to her ahead of time, but um, it, the move makes sense. Like her, her, her not necessarily taking Michael's side, but like, but in actuality she is, but like by her showing her neutrality and like just, Hey, these are the the this this is why you shouldn't trust this person, like mm-hmm. that that strengthens their case ultimately. I think. Right. 
And then they and then they win. And then they win. Yeah. Uh, because Michael says, oh, you know what? Me asking about this is not worth political unrest on this planet where people have worked so hard. Or yes. my brother worked so hard to put it together. So I will find it another way. And she ends it. And it's like here you'll remember this. Mm-hmm. It's like the Seinfeld episode <laughs> mm-hmm. when Kramer and Elaine are fighting over the pink bike with tassels on it. And Kramer really mm-hmm. wants it, but Elaine want, but it was Elaine's. And then they go to Newman, who is an impartial judge. And they say, mm-hmm. who, should, who should have this bike? And he said, we shall cut the bike in half and give one piece to each of you. To which Kramer says, no, I couldn't bear to see it cut in half. And then the wise judge, Newman, says, the tr- only the true owner of the bicycle would decry it's being cut in half and gives it to It's Kramer. just like that. It's and that is the only parable. reference that has ever been made. It's the only reference. That has um, ever existed. It's really amazing the, the kind of original content that um, came Seinfeld. out of Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And clearly that's what this episode um, it's a reference from. to Seinfeld directly. Um, yeah. Bong. Bong. This is the sound of a gavel. Bong. Okay. Uh, and then they go, okay, fine. Here's your, here's your floppy disk. Right. The president was like, whoa, we really can trust Michael. She should totally have the data. It's like when I stop chasing Zobi around for having something in his mouth and I ignore him and then he drops it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have a heart to heart. About joy and duty. <laughs> duty. Joy. There is much joy in duty. Uh, oh, and here's the moment that. Uh, it's such a good Star Trek moment at the end where Tilly comes in and she's like, I don't know if I can be commander. And Stamets says, say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. And they're all saying, say yes. <laughs> and then. And then Michael comes in and she's like, did I miss the cool say yes moment? <laughs> and that's a reference to Kramer, you know, coming mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. Coming in late. Hey, buddy. Um, we should start a second podcast um, identifying the similarities between Star Trek and Seinfeld. Sure. Really tricky because I haven't watched much Seinfeld, of course. but I think First, we can do that. We'd like to present a list of grievances and requests. <laughs> I need two weeks leave on Earth. See, this this part is like, haha, this is kind of cute, haha, they're making these things. They better crystallize these differences later on, because you know there are problems when somebody gets promoted within the ranks. That's why a lot of people hire from outside, because they sure. don't want to deal with it. So, she's going to get into it with Stamets, she's going to get into it with Michael, and yeah. I, I hope that happens. I hope it does. Yeah. That, that's... That's a good. That's it's, part of being a leader. Is yeah. like you got to deal with that nitty gritty. Um, oh, and then the part where Michael and Tilly are talking, and uh, Tilly's like, "How do I make this easier?" And Michael says, "You lead me." Like I'm getting choked up talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I cried so much during this episode, just like a lot, which is unusual for me, you know, that as you know. Weird. You're because like, you I, don't have operational I'm, tear ducts. St- <laughs> I don't. I, I get emotional. I have a little squirt bottle that I keep handy and I just like little, spritz my eyes. You should get little ports installed that like direct just all like of out of my sweat. eyebrows. Yeah, kind of just like trickle down from like on top of your mm-hmm. eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like collects all of the what would usually be sweat and then it's just tiny nodules that exist right above your eyebrows and they kind of just like Sure. <laughs> just sort of spurting out of my face (laughs) Mm -hmm. i am sad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i have to work out before i get sad every time (laughs) let me do some let me do some deadlifts bro (laughs) deadlift those feelings out literally actually that sounds really nice and then Um, um saru and the the principal of um navar <laughs> navar are buddies now and they're gonna like 
be maybe romantic pen pals or just I don't think like... there's any romance whatsoever going on with <laughs> that. Oh, poor Saru and his inability to do the Vulcan thing. His yeah. fingers look so uncomfortable. Um do you remember when you first tried to do it? Like that's how my hands would go because it's like you have to kind of stretch your tendons out a little bit. Yeah, it must it was when I was little because I've yeah. been watching Star Trek for a long time. Yeah. But yeah, it starts where you put like your pinky and your ring finger like forward. Yeah. And you keep your your pointer finger and your middle finger like straight up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it also helped that I, I played piano as a kid. So my hands were already pretty strong and flexible. I missed yeah. that. I should play piano again. Play piano again on this podcast. On this podcast. And then Book and Michael, Book's like, you're going back, aren't you? She's like, yep, I sure am. That's where I belong. And he's like, you feel like home. And she's like, you feel like home. Just so they, something's they, bad's they, about to happen to Book, right? I like, don't I don't think they need to do that. I why don't they just they they brought Neelix on board in Voyager <laughs> as the cook mm-hmm. or whatever he was. And then later ambassador. Like he is the cultural attache. Right. He's I mean, uh, the um, oh, what you call it? The xenobiologist. Yeah, xenobiologist. Mm-hmm. Consulting xenobiologist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and that was that episode. It was a good episode. I what liked we lot. what we missed from our recording was <laughs> oh, um, I forgot about that. Was the fair something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was was a, a was, a, Black. was a lot of Mary Black <laughs> for some reason. This invention um, is no, not this invention. Blue. Oh. Keep watching. To oh, find no, it's out actually pretty this... It was this song. <laughs> Lots of jokes about one or the both of us getting shot in slow motion, like repeatedly. Yeah, like before we recorded, we were acting out a little fight scene when you're like, Rachel, I need you to pretend to load a gun. <laughs> yeah. And then he started playing this. And then <laughs> while we were recording, Anytime I started to space out, you start playing that. <laughs> like that's what was playing in my head. <laughs> Come back. We're still recording. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, we might be doing a follow-up. We might be doing a follow-up podcast for all of the weird Christmas claymation shit that we can find. Yeah, we should definitely... We should definitely do that because you can talk about like oh the claymation God. and Christmas stuff you watched growing up and all the stuff that I'm watching for the first time because we didn't celebrate Christmas when I was little. Yeah, I should. I mean, I should say it's not like I was sitting around with family doing it. It was like, sure. It was like looking around at me and the cat in the living room and going, what will make this feel like Christmas? Here's a weird elf that's made out of claymation. <laughs> This is what people do, right? Guys? Your, your search for normalcy. <laughs> and like, yeah, of course this is what people watch. And like, the dumb arm, old Chris Kringle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can <laughs> talk about how, uh, like, clearly, um, part of the reason I didn't watch that stuff as a kid is because um, it looked fun because that's what Satan made it look like. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to tempt me into watching it. You got to be careful of things that look fun. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't look fun, way safer. Totally. Mm-hmm. But if it looks fun or if it's if looks it's like fun. pretty, Seems... like Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Another thing, I actually had a friend uh, back when I was a witness. I had a friend whose kid <laughs> told her kindergarten class that the pretty Christmas lights that her their families just put up were from Satan. <laughs> Satan was Robbie the rain- them. It, look, Robbie the reindeer hooves of fire. What the fuck is this? <laughs> hooves of fire legend of the lost tribe. The fuck? Oh yes. That's some good and shit. And the classic, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. 
is going to be on CBS All Access at some point. That's the that's really where the maniacal weird crap goes down is in these. It's just so weird. So weird what they thought was yeah. Anything? All right. And once again, we come to the end. Britney Spears is in this? What? Robbie the Reindeer has Ben Stiller, Hugh Grant, Britney Spears, Jim Belushi, Jerry Stiller, R.I.P. <laughs> James Ah, uh, Because he died, right? I think so. Oh, man. Jerry Brad Stiller was Garrett. one of is the Brad, best. I think Brad Garrett is... James is he the guy from Everybody Loves Raymond. That would make sense, Brad that Garrett. voice of yeah. his. Yeah, Brad Garrett. Leah yeah. Romini. Right. Robbie the Reindeer. Hooves of Fire. Legend of the Lost Tribe. I'm definitely going to watch that. Definitely watching that. Excellent. Um, and once again, we find ourselves, Rachel, at the end of another podcast. It's mm-hmm. very sad. Far, far <laughs> it's very sad. But, you know, there will be other detached nacelles to complain about (laughs) in the future. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about the detached nacelles. Hey, they detached the nacelles. Hey, they detached them. Rachel didn't like it. I'm worried about the nacelles getting stolen. (laughs) Just an episode of Dude Wears My Nacelles. (laughs) Yeah, well, like, I don't know what the Ferengis are doing in the future. Yeah, that's true. Someone's gonna steal their nacelles. It's gonna come with like racist? a big, big not space. all Ferengis. Well, this... put your codes okay. on right. them. Right. Property is more important to you than what they have to say, huh? <laughs> I see where you lie in this divide. <laughs> okay. Worried about your property right. and not so, some non Ferengis. Some non. Some non Ferengi race could come through with a big space net. Who was Non? Non was somebody. Non was the uh, security officer who stayed behind on the seed ship. Oh, that's right. That's right. Was she garlicky, you think? I like a good garlic Non. Maybe she was the sweet kind with like raisins and coconut. That is not what, that is an abomination. I do not like that. That's good stuff. No, it should be buttery and Nuts. garlicky. Yeah. Okay. And with that... Goodbye. Goodbye.